0: Welcome to the House Music Connection Podcast. My name is Tony Fuel. I am your host. Uh, Each week we have conversations with a different artist uh, where we talk about uh, the industry, personal stories, challenges, success, so that ultimately we can all feel more connected as a house music community and learn from one another. In this episode, we're talking with Steve Mort, a.k.a. Chico Flash. And Steve is a garage house uh, artist uh, uh, currently based in Orlando, Florida. But he um, spent his early life in the, in the United Kingdom, and that's where his love for house music and Garage House uh, took root. I invited Steve on the podcast so that we could discuss his radio show, his label, and his overall perspective on uh, Garage House and uh, the, state, the state of Garage House uh, over the last 30 years or so. So let's dive in. Steve, welcome to the podcast, and thanks for joining me. Thanks uh, so much for uh, having Steve, me. Steve, aka Chico Flash. <laughs>
1: really appreciate it, Tony.
0: So for listeners who may not be familiar with, uh, with you, or even those who are familiar with your music but don't really know a whole lot about you, how would you describe yourself, You know, just the brief history or the brief rundown in 60 seconds?
1: Well, I guess I've been making um, Garage music for about six years or so at this point. I've been playing it for quite a long time. Um, I started listening to it in sort of the late 80s, I guess, listening to house music in the late 80s. Um, and then in the early 90s, I guess, um, when I went to college was when I got my first radio gig and then subsequently um, nightclub gigs. Um, and that was a pretty good time to be doing that. I think that was a fairly fortuitous time to be into garage and house music. And, um, you know, and, and at that time where I was in, in, in the UK, um, it was, you know, there were a lot of influences coming from uh, stateside. Uh, and that was kind of like influencing a lot of the electronic music that we were listening to at that time. And um, that's kind of where I got my, my love of the genre. Uh, and now I sort of attempt <laughs> attempt to make it, uh, myself with varying degrees of success. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's sort of my background, I would guess.
0: Okay, cool. All right. So you mentioned production and you mentioned, uh, you've been, you've been DJing for a while. Um, you're from London. Is that right?
1: Yeah. I spent sort of my, m- many of my musical years there. Uh, and, uh, I spent my time, um, From sort of about 1995 um, to till about the year 2000 when I moved to the United States um, in London. And, you know, that was the time after college. Uh, And that was the time where really that scene had taken off um, in my estimation in in that city. Um, And I don't think it's that they are years that, that'll probably, um, be replicated again. Um, there is an attempt to do so. Uh, but it was, uh, it was a, it was a terrific time. And, and, and I still think to this day that London is the, is, is the, is the sort of the the center if the spiritual home, if you like, of garage music, um, Mm -hmm. of, of a particular genre. Um, you know, a sort of a slightly speeded up, um, frenetic version of the the material that we we kind of got from New York and Chicago in the in the sort of in the late eighties and early nineties. But I would say the sort of UK garage and stuff. You know, th- that was a very specific London sound, mm. um, and I was very lucky to to sort of be there to, to, to come back after college and, and, and to be in that, in that town and, and experience what was sort of the, the uh, incarnation um, and, and the sort of the, the, you know, the peak of popularity in that genre of music.
0: Yeah. So were, were you going to clubs regularly that, uh, you know, where the the promoters were featuring garage music or I'll say garage, Raj, <laughs> garage, <yeah>. garage. <laughs> um, you know, regularly um yeah so tell listeners uh about the scene uh especially specifically about the, the nightclubs and the different djs that were playing around the times that you were either you were. i don't know the heyday of your times there <laughs>
1: well it's interesting uh you know the, the the garage 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 however you want to say it um debate <laughs> is <laughs> is always alive and well um you know i I kind of split the difference um, mm-hmm. and I generally tend to refer to the stuff that is made here in the United States, mm. which is where I am now. It's mm. garage music. Um, you know, I, 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 I kind of struggle to, to uh, call, um, you know, music that was made by Smooth or mm. somebody like that a, a garage tune. Mm. Uh, it doesn't, doesn't feel quite right to me, uh, you know, which is, which is where I think, you know, actually they, they, those two, um, pronunciations of that one word actually do indicate two distinct types of music. I mean, I think if mm. you, you know, if you refer to, I mean, it, you know, it, it's a silly distinction, but I mean, you know, I think if you refer to garage, um, tough jam doesn't spring to mind to me Mm, uh you know i I think some of the you know you you think automatically of sort of new york city and the and the the great artists that were, were sort of pioneering that genre frankie knuckles and david morales and so forth uh when you say garage then that to me brings about a whole different set of cast of characters and, and mm-hmm. type of music. So, uh, but, 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 you know, I digress. Um, mm. I think I would use a, a little bit of both um, in terms of um, what was going on at that time. You know, the, one of my uh, favorite clubs to go to was a club called Barumba, mm. which was not one of the, you know, the, the, the sort of big, super, well-known garage clubs of that time. But it was a sort of a little, um, basement joint on, um, Shaftesbury Avenue in, in London's theatre land. Um, and it didn't, <clears throat> it didn't have a huge amount of pretension to it. Um, and it was, a, it was, a it, Bar Rumba was, uh, the club that had a night called Garage City. Um, Interestingly, I think pronounced garage in that instance, Mm. where the residents were Bobby and Steve, um, a uh, a sort of a pioneer duo of of that scene Um, and a lot of um, British DJs, but also a lot of American DJs would roll through there. And it was one of the places that really kind of embraced the US garage sound uh, Mm. of the early 1990s Um, and that was a place that I went, you know, more or less every Saturday night. I would say, um, and I liked it because they let me in with my with my shitty clothes, and and mm. um, you know, although they did send me away one time to, to get a better shirt, um, <laughs> you know, just sort of like making effort. But but you know, at, at that time, um, the 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 sort of UK garage scene at that time was was very sort of about glamour and being Mm. well-dressed and you know no 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 sneakers and you Mm. know no no baseball caps and you know you gotta you gotta look you gotta look the part
0: um Mm. that's uh, interesting
1: this club um you know was a little less strict with that which was good for me because i was broke and uh you know i didn't i didn't have very much for money for for good clothes um but that that was very much that the scene at that time and and one thing that i remember about about um about it was that uh you know it was just an amalgam of of everybody uh and Mm. everybody for that it wasn't a um it wasn't a a genre of music that was Specific to a certain group in society, which mm-hmm. I which I found sort of refreshing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Britain is a, is is a, for those who don't know is a is a pretty classist place, mm-hmm. um, and I, I think I can say that fairly with some some degree of confidence. Um, mm-hmm. And the the great thing about UK Garage at, at that time, as it's as it became more popular, is that you could be in a nightclub with um you know bankers and lawyers and gangsters and drug dealers mm. and and hookers and models and you know that the, the, there was everybody was there <laughs> and and mm. um you know and it, and it didn't really matter who you were or, or or what you did um for a living um and and I think that that was one of the sort of the really attractive parts of it I mean I would say you know part of it was you know when i look back on it it's not so much that you know a lot of those uk garage tunes at that time that were sort of made on you know ataris or whatever um were particularly awesome um i hear some of them now and they you know they're you know they they're, they're they're okay that you know they don't sound that great um it, it was more. It's more about um, recalling a, a different time, right? It's more mm. a sort of a, a nostalgia trip, But that's certainly why I play them. Um, I mean, there are some legitimate bangers in there, um, but you know, I, I, I like to play that stuff because it it, it reminds me of that specific time, uh, that time mm. and place. Um, and I think any if you ask anybody, I mean, if you know, if you ask somebody who, um came of age musically in in like seattle Mm -hmm. they would they would they would tell you something very different uh about the 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 sound and the you know the the vibe in that town at that time um i'm sure they would like uh, you know grunge or you know whatever was being made so i you know i I mean i it's not that it was sort of you know um I think I'm sort of what I like is kind of like a product of, of of that time, and you know I don't have any sort of you know I'm not pompous enough to suggest that it's like the best type of music, and it was just unbelievably great, and um, you know no no one else did it better, but but for me it was it was it was it was a very special time, and and um, mm-hmm. you know a, a music that I still listen to to this day.
0: Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned Seattle because that is where I grew up, uh, and ah. uh, I was let's see i was never actually really I, I personally was never into the garage just the scene but that was a very big uh, thing uh you know yeah. in the 90s uh but uh, there was definitely i don't know i felt like it was a really good time to be alive uh in seattle because um we have a we had a well, we, we were one of the only cities that have had like a dance music radio station and so i could listen to dance music uh i think that, seattle still does yeah it does yeah it's a, that's a high, station, high yeah. school radio station but that's it's right. one of the more influential stations in the country maybe even the world i don't know um yeah, but yeah it's just uh it's a yeah, public so radio station um, it is yeah and
1: and i i i i just this year uh met the uh met the 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 general manager of that station. Um, okay. And, uh, you know, we sort of talked about how, um, how the, the you know, th- that it was interesting that, uh, you know, because there are so few, uh, stations of that type in, in, um, mm-hmm. in the U S even in, even in cities like New York, um, right. you know, it's, it's very unusual, uh, to find anything sort of beyond your, you know, Pretty milk toast um, right. music or output on, on radio stations. So it's 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 interesting that they're doing that there in Seattle.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, nowadays, like if I were to tune it, it'd be like it definitely wouldn't be a house. It'd be more of like that Kygo kind of chop house. You know, like whatever's yeah. popular in dance music now. But yeah, they do right, every right, once right. in a while. They'll yes. have like a good house record, and I think they have yeah. like a a couple of house radio stations or Nick shows that they do weekly. But uh, yeah, it's, it's yeah, interesting how yeah. things have changed. Yeah. Very
1: difficult to find anything like that here in Florida, which is where I am now.
0: Yeah. I remember Miami used to have like 93, the beat or something like that for a while. That's and, right. In the early 2000s, um, but yeah,
1: that's right. It did. Um, yeah. you know, Miami, uh, you know, is, is a, is a city with sort of a a pretty rich electronic music history, um, you Mm -hmm. know, still has the winter music conference, of course. Um, and you know, it has a lot of, um, there's a lot of record stores. It has, has, a, has a lot of, uh, people who are, who are into electronic music. I, you know, it's, I would say that you wouldn't have much trouble finding EDM, uh in miami um you know because you know that that's much more the the mainstream you know people people listen to now but um as a whole not much underground i wouldn't say in in our type of in our type of music
0: right so when you talk when you talk about the london scene at the time when you were coming of age and whatnot and had just graduated college would Mm. you say then that Garage, garage and garage and house music was kind of like the mainstream at that point. It,
1: it, um, it was becoming so. Um, I don't, I don't think it was um, until, well, let me preface that by saying that it, it, it might've been in London. Mm. Um, I don't think it was sort of a national phenomenon uh, mm. until probably the millennium um and Mm. maybe afterwards and then if you ask if you ask all of our you know us you know old people uh you know we'll sort of say well that's when it all went downhill and you know know. (laughs) but i i I think um i mean i think in the 90s in the early 90s definitely not that was when it was all sort of being um um pioneered uh in Mm -hmm. 1994, 1993, 1994 was when sort of people like Grant Nelson um, were starting to to turn out tunes and, you know, nice and ripe and and um, mm. uh, record labels like VIP uh, were, were, were sort of on the ascendancy. Um, I would say it was a very s- regional thing. I mean, I may mm. be speaking as someone who just spent all their time in London, mm-hmm. but... Uh, you know, it it it, it sounded it, it seemed to me like a a, a London. Th- it's a London thing, right? Mm. So, um, yeah. in I, I would say that that was the case until yeah, late very late nineties, two thousands, when some of those UK garage tunes started to break through, um, mm. and you know, you, you started to hear, um, artists, the heartless crew and, and so forth, um, you know, getting top 40 tunes in the, you know, in, in the billboard chart kind of thing. Um, but at the, at the time yeah. that, that, you know, I, and, and I, I, I will probably say that I think it's fair to say I sort of lost interest a little bit, uh, mm. when that kind of happened. Uh, mm. and I, I, I lost, I'd kind of lost interest a little bit when, uh, and a, and a lot of people are going to be very annoyed with me for saying this, but I, I sort of lost interest a little bit when two-step started to Mm. take over. Uh, and I know there are a lot of people now that, that, that are bringing that back and making some good two-step. Um, you know, I was having a conversation just the other day with Gavin Dister uh, who is a, a speed garage guy uh, who, who has been making garage house of recent years, um, very successfully ex- extraordinarily good producer. And uh, you know, he was talking about and shared a tune with me to, to, to play on my show. Um, and, you know, he, he was talking about how he really wanted to, to get into to, to making two step. In fact, he had a, he was specifically mm-hmm. interested in, you know, sort of, Projects where, you know, you take some of those old U.S. garage classics and do two-step versions and things. And there have mm-hmm. been people that have done that sort of stuff miraculously well. Um, you know, my deep radio network colleague, uh, Mike Moraine, um, you know, it was one of the, the, the two-step pioneers. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. he he did a two-step um, version of Gabriel, uh, which was a, a, a mm-hmm. classic um UK uh, garage tune, um, so all
0: the, the trumpets and the, the horns in it, right? Yeah, that's yeah. right.
1: And mm-hmm. I think that his two-step remix was better than um, yeah. you know than the original. So that's not to say that I don't like two-step. Um, it's just you know it's 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 it wasn't my first love, especially at that time. Um, you know, I, and you know when I, when that kind of became a thing, um, and then. Thing you know grime kind of took over and you know i, I sort of
0: I, I looked at I, I i saw um i think it was a mixed mag video on like the yeah. history of dubstep and i think that yeah. they were talking about how like two-step and speed garage kind of like was a precursor to yeah the wobble wobbly bass and and that that's right yes it, yes it, with, it like, most dubstep, definitely was and so i and when i think of dubstep i just think of like I don't know the most aggressive kind of dance music that you can think yes. of, of making. And I just, uh, I don't know. Yeah. The, the culture that's kind of associated with that is definitely not my vibe. I mean, I'm not going to like knock somebody else's, you know, preferences no, I, or whatever, absolutely but it's not, it's not I mean. along my vibe. And yeah. So I, I wonder I, if there was yeah. any of that aggression there, like, was that was it, was it becoming more aggressive and yes. is that why, what kind of turned you off from it?
1: Yeah that's right. I I, I mm. think that's right. Uh it you know the 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 scene and the um the sound mainly mm. the sound. Yeah. Um you know I I I'm not it's it you know like like you say it's just not not wasn't necessarily my jam. I mean much in that mm. um you know much in the same way that um you know from the ashes of jungle and drum and bass came UK garage, uh, Mm. from the, the ashes of UK garage, uh, kind of came two step and, and, um, you know, grime and dubstep and whatever else. And then I don't even know what those, a lot of that stuff sounds like, I you know, so, so, Mm -hmm. you know, I, (laughs) and anybody who, who kind of, you know, listens to my show, um, will, know that i'm sort of a you know will know where i'm coming from uh in in terms of music i mean you know i'll play some i'll play some um some vintage two-step there's no doubt about it um and Mm -hmm. there is some good two-step being made um but back then it you know it it wasn't really my yeah wasn't feeling it let's just say
0: there you go yeah i I get that yeah yeah okay. so let's see you DJ you moved to the you, you moved to the United States, you said in 2000. did yes. you do any dance music uh, I mean, were you DJing or making were you yeah were you <laughs> going to parties or anything like that in the United States um, um, that were house music oriented? Yeah right um, Yes,
1: yeah. so uh, I did. Um, I, so I moved the first place I moved was to Washington DC. Mm. Uh, and I'd, I'd been going there for a while. I'd, I'd had some friends that lived in, in D.C., um, so I, I'd been going there since, since the late 90s, um, and I moved there in 2000 um, and for a job, mm. and um, th- there were a couple of good, good clubs. There was, there was no garage music that I could find. There was a club called Tracks, uh, which, mm. which is a legendary club in the uh, Anacostia area of Washington, D.C., uh, in southeast, and it was – there was a lot of drum and bass. Mm. Uh, it, 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 it sort of um, – it was sort of a little bit like – and a lot of people I knew were into drum and bass. I was surprised because it, it sort of, in my mind, and maybe it hadn't, had kind of was yesterday's news uh and it was very very popular um and you know i spent um i spent a good amount of time i would say at that club a lot of saturdays down at mm. tracks. um and then the you know there were obviously uh the i i would say in, in new york city um again i'm gonna i'm just gonna piss people off uh, you know I would say that the best uh, the best that New York had to, to offer might have been done by then I mean you know it it, it sort of mm-hmm. um, there was still great you know I think of I think of the New York scene as sort of the you know the sound factory bar and uh, Zanzibar mm-hmm. West New Jersey but you know think. Um, so you know, and I think I think it, it, it's lost a step. Now, you know, I did move to New York after Washington, after I was in Washington, mm. and there there are some, there are definitely some good good clubs. Um you know, but I would say that that the, the scene in this country um was not as all encompassing to me as it was there. And I, and I definitely did sort of mm. lose an inch. Part of it was that, you know, I was kind of older and growing up a bit <laughs> and mm. I didn't really have as much time to, <laughs> I didn't really have as much time to, or, you know, or energy uh, to, to, to keep exploring these things. And and maybe I'd feel differently about it. Uh, if I, if I did, um, mm. you know, and, and I think everybody feels that, that, you know, the, the time that, you know, that they, in their sort of early 20s is, is probably the best time. I'm sure if you ask somebody who's in their early 20s now in, an, in another, you know, in 30 years' time, when was the best time of all time? They would say, well, obviously in the 2020s. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, so, so you know, it, I, I mean, I, I, think, I think that um, to a certain degree, I, I, I did lose interest for a while, although I always listened Um, I was always listening to, to garage music and I, you know, it it was just how much I engaged with it. Um, Mm. what I would say was, was different.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you said that you've been producing for six years. Um, so what, um, has brought, what motivated you to, to, to start producing and releasing tracks?
1: Um, yeah, I'm just doing the calculation in my head here. What year is this now? this is to t- 23 um, so maybe, maybe, maybe seven actually um, I, sure. I think um, well first thing was uh, that the the there's a much more access now uh, to mm, be able to mm-hmm. make music um, for sure you you don't need a ton of hardware um, right. if if you have a sort of a slightly smaller place like i do um or you know a wife that doesn't really want the place full of <laughs> full of equipment um you know i, I mm. it, it it seemed like something that was um you know uh th- the ability to do it was there whereas the ability mm-hmm. to do it before was not necessarily there you know i'm not the most technically minded person um i mm. I, I don't really have a huge love of equipment and Mm -hmm. wires and um plugging stuff in and figuring you know i i just i i know that, that there are a lot of producers in in our genre tony that 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 love the hardware and and um
0: yeah, you know, that's fine. Yeah,
1: and I, you know, and that's that's fine. I mean, you know, I, I got yeah. a keyboard like behind me there. You know, I I got a yeah. you know, um, but 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 generally, um, I'm not. I, it, it, that doesn't sort of excite me very much, and it's sort of the idea of having to to acquire all of that and rig it all up and and you know, I, that I don't know, just not particularly interested in it. And mm-hmm. you know, but but I love the music, and um, actually. Somebody else that I know who who produces uh, progressive house um, had um, had got himself a copy of of Ableton Live mm. and has sort of been extolling the virtues of it. So uh, you know, I, I kind of picked up a copy and started noodling around with it, and um, you know, putting it making some pretty atrocious beats. And and uh, you know, I was like, this is you know, this the is how cool. I can spend right? a bit spend a bit of time on that, watch a few YouTube, video, <laughs> YouTube videos and stuff. And, and, um, and I, I guess that's where I picked it up, but you know, it's very, And I'm sure you can a- attest, it's, it's very sort of addicting, right. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that, that once you sort of get the hang of it, um, you know, it's, it's something that's difficult to stop doing. Um, but I, I, I would say that, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not like some producers that, that ease of access, right. That, that ability to, to where the playing field has been kind of leveled. Right. So, Mm -hmm. so anybody can, can make, can make music these days, uh, or sort of, you know, music. Um, I would say that, that, um, that there are a lot of people who it means a lot of saturation. Uh, and uh, yeah. it, it, it means that it's 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 quite easy to, to make a tune um, and there, there's a lot of music around um, mm-hmm. I'm I, I don't think that if, if you look at my track source page <laughs> that's definitely you know I'll, I'll go for like a year and I'll make one um, mm. because I, I don't I don't really feel th- th- the same way that I I have to I have to keep making and, and producing stuff to to be noticed. I don't really care about mm. whether anybody notices. Um, mm. I don't really care, really, if anyone's buying it. I don't. I don't. It's nice. It's nice if people buy. It. It's nice if, if people listen to it. Um, I don't really. It, it's 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 not that important to me. I, I barely do social media, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so. <laughs> So you know the promoting bit of it is a bit dreary, which which is annoying for somebody who's got a record label. Um, so you know, th- making making the music for me is just a kind of a, a hobby. Um, it, I do it for fun, and I do it when I need to just kind of relax a little bit. And mm. you know, hence there's a lot of a lot of uh, stuff left on the. on the cutting room floor as you might say but you know i i I think i started making it because it was easy to do and Mm -hmm. um i didn't feel that there was a lot of um a lot of the stuff i liked around at that time um Mm. and now there is (laughs) uh (laughs) but you know but but now i'm now i'm sort of addicted to it so i just keep doing it I, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's any, any more complicated than that. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't have a sort of a, you know, a, a revelatory story that, that some artists yeah. might say they have, uh, I just sort of make the stuff cause I like it and, and, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't make, I don't make, um, I don't make complicated stuff either. It's not, it's not supposed to, there are, there are, I would, I would say there are far, far better producers. Um, you know, I just kind of make stuff that, that is, you just designed to have an enormous kick and some, some stabs. And, you know, I try to mm-hmm. think how, how that's going to go down, uh, on, on a, on a dance floor and the kinds of clubs that I used to listen to. Is it, is it gonna, is it gonna rattle the speakers? Are people going to go nuts? Um, and that's, mm. that's what, and th- those kinds of tunes are not that, um, not that complicated. You just just don't overthink them. That's what I find. Yeah. You know, it's just like, I think that's my
0: problem it. sometimes. Yeah, not, overthinking. I like as, yeah, I mean, it, yeah. it's
1: easy to do. It's really easy to do to just kind of overthinking. But you know, the results. The results are, you know, there are some producers that produce extremely high quality, uh, well produced. Um, and polished tunes and I I think Tony I would probably put that your tunes in that category Um, you know I I listen when I listen to them I think they're you know that that they are they're expertly produced by someone who sort of spent a lot of time on it Um, you know when I listen to mine that's not (laughs) I mean maybe I know that that's just not not the case but you know when I listen to them I I think well you know yeah there's there's a guy that slammed down some beats you know and, and, uh, and and made something that he thought People might like, but it, it, it you know, it's not uh, a, a, a masterpiece. It ain't. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So when you um, so when you're thinking, so you mentioned like hearing, you know, what you think is expertly produced. So we're gonna kind of change gears then into, I guess, label A and R because you run a label. Yeah, I want to ask do. a little bit about how that got started. But um, while I'm still, while it's still top of top of mind. Yeah. can you tell me tell listeners about like, I don't know the, what's your pr- perspective from, from the A&R chair, you know, as, mm. as you run a label and you hear the, the tracks that are coming in, what, a um, I guess, what what is that? What are you listening for? Uh, when you decide that you want to sign, sign a, a record to your label?
1: Yeah. It's an excellent question. Um, I'm listening for two things. Um, do I like a tune? Um, you know, would I play it? Um, and two, is it going to sell anything? So, you know, I, I've learned, there are, there are certain tunes uh, that do not sell. Just, mm-hmm. I just can't sell them. And maybe just because I, I can't market them. Uh, I just don't know how. Um, you know, I anytime I put out, I release a bit of two-step. I can't you know, a shift, like a couple of copies. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it it probably is just me, uh, because, um, you know, I know that there there are labels now that, that specialize in two steps. So they must be selling some. Um, so it's, it's, it, I find that to, to successfully promote something, I have to like it. Mm -hmm. I have to be, you know, I have to think it's a good tune. Um, now you know, I run that label with um, Liam Avery, who goes by Consinity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so he also, I guess, has to like the tune. Um, sure. You know, so we sort of just say, you know, hey, what do you think of this tune? Say. Um, in terms of the the tracks that we get, um, I hear a lot from the same artists. I get a lot mm. of demos from, you know, some people who produce a lot and, mm. you know, and I, and I, you know, I'll take one or two and, and, uh, you know, I, I don't want to saturate my label with, with, with names that are out there everywhere all the mm. time. I mean, I do, I do want it to be. I do want some of the, I do want it to be somewhat surprising sometimes like a, you know, who I don't know who that artist is. I want who that is. Um, or mm. that's an unusual tune. Um, you know, it, it's, it's something that I haven't heard a, a million times before. Um, and that, that, that might mean that I don't sell very many copies. I, I like I said, when I sign something, I, I, I think it's going to sell because it's unusual Hmm. and cool or interesting or whatever, doesn't necessarily mean it happens that way. Um, You know, I'm not, but I don't, I I wouldn't say we'd have like a formula. Uh, I mean, I I think some labels have have been very successful in signing tunes that have have a formula and the audience knows what they're going to get from that label. I think Bob's Your Uncle Records doesn't, uh, maybe to our detriment. But again, not making much money on it. So, so the the the, mm-hmm. the, the, the point is not to, you know, is, is is not to do that. It's to is to is to put music out for, for people who are doing things that are interesting.
0: Cool. I think so. I guess I guess that kind of leads into maybe why you started the label. Um, yeah. Sounds like maybe the answer to that is partially because you want to push music out there or music push music that. Yeah. It's interesting and whatnot. So that's it, that's it, right. Is that, that, is that that's true? right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think it's
1: right. Well, so it started out it was it was myself, um Liam Consinity and uh Joe Alindo. Mm-hmm. Um well, at that time I guess it was two thousand eighteen, I guess, two thousand nineteen. Um and Olindo was was making like a ton of great tunes at that time um, and and putting them out on on uh, plastic and pogo and you know um, you know he 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 really I mean he he, he was mainly making hip-hop music and um, and then you know just sort of started making garage for the hell of it and uh, and and was extremely good at it and uh, wanted to start a label and I guess the reason was. Uh, was that that was was basically so that we could just release our own music and not have to keep signing it to people, <laughs> and then you get mm-hmm. you know you 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 get more of the money, right? That was the source mm-hmm. of the idea. Um, sure. And you know we found that you know even even when you're um, even when you have your own label, you still hardly make any money. I mean, you know you you, you know it's not gonna it's not gonna keep you in uh, in in wine in my case so um that was probably the main reason for it it and and certainly you know it's it is a it is nice to have that outlet and and Mm. it is it is it is good and and i and i'm constantly um thinking about what the direction of that label should be Mm. um you know do i make it so that it is a label that primarily releases our own tunes i mean that th- mm. and and that 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 um that's pretty popular i mean danny j lewis does that with with just underground um right. ross couch does that with with body rhythm i mean there there's many many labels that are, are essentially just sort of an extension of the artist and that's tempting because uh it's not my day job and i don't mm. have a huge amount of time and you know, it, it, it's, it can be a time suck. And if I just mm-hmm. used it to, you know, to put a tune out every two weeks and do the promotion and do all of that is, is you know, it can be quite, um, it can be a bit of a lift. Um, and th- there is a temptation to, to make it sort of, a, you know, an outlet just for, for our own music. Uh, we haven't done that yet. And, and I'm kind of reluctant to, because, mm. um, you know, I, I do like, I do like exposing really good tunes that are out there and people that are doing interesting stuff, uh, and might not have a chance to be signed somewhere else. Um, mm. so I, you know, we're sort of avoided doing that thus far, but it's, it, it's sort of a constant discussion. Um, you know, that's at the end of the day, whatever we do with Bob's your uncle records, um you know, we're not going to be buying private jets anytime soon, because as, <laughs> as you know, um, yeah. you know, there is in, in, in digital music these days, there's almost no money. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't shift. I, I don't have anything like the scale of sort of like, you know, plastic people, um, mm-hmm. you know, where, the, you know, Mark uh, can afford to, you know, do vinyl presses. And and sell them. I, you know, we just don't have that sort of scale. Mm. Um, so you know, we're in the digital world, and um, you know, in order to make money in the digital world, you have to really turn the. You have to keep churning them out constantly, constantly, constantly. Uh, and I just don't really have the time or inclination for that. So Bob's your uncle is going to remain as it is, and I'm going to remain poor.
0: What, what has been the, <laughs> what has been the biggest struggle with running a label that that you've experienced? Sorry, say that one more time. What is the biggest struggle that you've uh, experienced running a label?
1: The, the biggest one, uh, the, the the time. It's mm-hmm. just the time. I mean, um, you know, I I, I think um, you know, some people do do run their labels uh, for a living. Um, mm. I don't, um, and I, you know, fine, because here's the thing, like when I, when I sign a tune from somebody, so whether it's Tony fuel or, or somebody else, um, you know, that, that artist has decided to release their music that they spent a lot of time working on, uh, on my label. Um, and you know, that artist could have, could have released it somewhere else. I mean, if it's any good. Um, so I, I, I do feel like I should um, respect that and put some work into it. Um, hmm. And, you know, as, as, as somebody who's made uh, tunes themselves, I, you know, I, I put some tunes out on labels where, where that has not been the case where there just hasn't been any, you know there's been no promotion there's a no reason no reason to there's do like it i could have just stuck,
0: maybe stuck one it. facebook post and then they're off to the yeah.
1: next signing the next
0: record maybe uh, yeah.
1: i could have just put i could have just put the thing on bandcamp and you know mm-hmm. uh, so that's that you know so so i do feel like i should you know do do some work uh, and um, you, you know at least produce the 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 content that the that the artists themselves can use uh, to promote their work and and you know and and support it and, and get it out to you you know if 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 you're not going to do that I I don't really understand the point so I would say that that the challenge is that once I've signed something and I'm going to put it out um, it it it's work it's work for me to do it um, and I you mm-hmm. know I have a pretty, Busy job um, in my just in my life, mm-hmm. so um, you know doing that is 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 not always easy to do, um, you know which is why I have that as we said before that constant discussion about what we what we do with the label and and um, you know do we do we keep doing what we're doing but I, I do feel a responsibility for sort of artists that are that are that 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 sign and I and I I want to make sure that I pay them. So, you know, I want to make sure that I'm keeping an eye on, on how much money that tunes are making. I want to make sure I, I, I you know, promote the tunes. Uh, so so it, 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 it's just work. I mean, that, that, that's, that's the most challenging thing. And the other thing I would say is how to stand out from the noise. Um, mm-hmm. Like as we were talking about before, when we were talking about production, there's just there's an awful lot of music out there. Um, and then, you know, also, um, I, I, I would say, you know, the, the other, the other issue is um, something I completely forgot. <laughs> <laughs> there was another issue I was going to tell you about. <laughs>
0: But um, it, um but I, I wonder if it has to do with like the artist management and like responding to pe- you know messages a, a lot. <laughs> no, no this, it, uh, it it instant,
1: didn't. You
0: know, it it didn't have to do with that. But that's
1: that is yeah. an interesting point. Yeah, um, yeah. you know, I, 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 to be honest, you know, we're we're not sort of storied enough to 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 have that many. And I I haven't mm. signed any artists that are um that demanding. Um, you know, I, I think, um, just because, you know, nobody really that big is, is coming to me and, and, and begging to be a pop, all right. So, so I I think the people who are sort of, you know, accustomed to selling masses of tunes are, I mean, they're, they're they're Mm. generally people that, that I, you know, people that are successful, you know, like yourself or, you know, um, true to life or, you know, Mm. uh, you know, they're successful and established artists, but they're people I know. Um, and they're people I know, you know, they're going to want me to promote their tunes, but that, you know, that, that, uh, they, they're going to be, uh, not a massive pain in the ass. And, and, you know, there are, because, you know, we're in a, we're in a, we're in a sort of an artistic field here. So, mm-hmm. uh, with with that comes enormous egos, and I, you know, and I know people that have, that have run labels or run labels that that deal with phenomenal amount of politics, and, and you know, mm-hmm. uh, people uh, who, it, you know, just make it very troublesome to run a label. So mm-hmm. um, I'm I'm cautious of that. Uh, mm. And you know in 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 who I sign, but 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 I think we've we've played it pretty well so far and that, you know that hasn't that hasn't been um, that you know that hasn't keep my fingers crossed, but it hasn't been a big issue so far. <laughs>
0: That's good. So um, there's kind of random random association here, but I was thinking about yeah. uh, when you were talking about moving units and whatnot. And recently, I know within the last three or four years, uh, TrackStore has kind of created. It's maybe it's only two or three years ago. Two years ago, I think mm-hmm. TrackStore has created the the garage uh, kind of category, yeah. giving it its own page and its own like subgenre chart and whatnot. Um, yeah. Do you feel like that has helped the the music, or do you feel like not as many people are hearing it now because it they're not? Before it was garage, it would be kind of placed into that soulful house or deep house, you know, uh, area. And then, but now it's garage. And I know, I guess I wonder like if some people have, maybe some people are buying it more because it is garage. But then there's a lot of people, but a lot fewer people maybe are hearing it because they're not going to garage and they're expecting to see it, Mm -hmm. you know, whereas they would buy it or listen to it if it was on the deep house. Uh, yeah yeah
1: Yeah, that's interesting i mean that there is there it's sort of a double-edged sword isn't it Mm -hmm. uh like you say i mean you know it it does make it easier to find for people who want to find it uh it does mean that fewer people are likely to stumble upon it in their Mm -hmm. search for other types of, of music um in terms of sales and exposure and um I, I'm not sure that it has made a heck of a lot of difference. I mean, mm-hmm. I think on 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 balance, I would say it's been beneficial uh, in that it, it has given a little bit of a buzz to to that genre. Now, you know, we're just talking about track source, uh, mm-hmm. and I think in, in Garage House um, that is. Um, the the sort of the primary platform where a lot of DJs in that genre buy from. Mm -hmm. Um, But other platforms have been, have had a a garage um, genre uh, page for a long time, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, Beatport or Juno or whatever, Um, you know, and, and I, 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 I think that, you know, we den- generally tend to release our tunes first on TrackSource, and, and that's where we get sort of most of our sales. Um, mm. But I haven't noticed a, an enormous difference. I mean, maybe at the beginning there was, there was some interest in that, and, and, it, you know, and I think that, that we did see uh, a, a kind of a, a bit of a spike in sales at that time. Uh, this might not be the case for all labels, but I, I found that. But I, I don't find that anymore. And In, in fact, um, I found that, that that sales have sort of declined mm. over the last year or so.
0: And, um, it's hard to say what um, kind of I, I, the I don't yeah. know what made that happen because uh, it could it be it that sales are overall like declining, or it could be That's because. Right. Of the you know the, the new genre page, or it could be because people are, are streaming more than they yep. than they used to. It, and not buying it could be any of any yeah. of those things.
1: It could just be the 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 arc of um, interest in the genre. I mean, you know these these things sort of there, there are peaks and valleys always, um, mm-hmm. and it, it it could just be that you know we're kind of heading down towards a valley for, for 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 who knows how long but mm-hmm. um it, it's hard to see it when you're in it i mean maybe we you know mm-hmm. in in a in a sort of a couple of years time we'll just look back and say well that was the point at which you know people kind of stopped um buying the stuff as much um i mean i i don't know i mean i <laughs> It, it, it's a little different from you know the decline of, of garage music from you know in the in the nineteen nineties, early two thousands because it was on a different scale then it was mainstream. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's not mainstream now. It, this this time in, in the digital era, uh, we have not been able to push it mainstream in particular. I mean maybe once or twice, but there's not mm-hmm. really been anybody that's making garage house music that has I I can't think of anyone that's that's like had a top 42 I don't think there's anybody yeah. um so so that that is and I, I'm fairly confident that, that is also the case in the UK um so so we're in a completely different world and, and 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 streaming you know I mean my my other Chico Flash streaming numbers are have gone up a bit but uh that's just because you know, absolutely nobody was listening to me before. So there's, there's only one way, only, <laughs> only one direction <laughs> to <come>. go. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know. So so um, overall, um, I think it. You know, it, it's hard to say what what is what's caused that decline. The genre page on track source, maybe one of the one of the factors. I think it was nice to have. I mean, I, I think that mm. you know maybe. Maybe some people, um, you know, got got involved in the genre or or heard of it or explored it a bit more because because of what you know they learned about it from that. Mm -hmm. I have a feeling it's probably fairly minimal. I don't know. I don't know. Not sure.
0: Yeah. Who knows? (laughs) I guess the only thing that (laughs) I guess the best thing that we can do as as artists and and as a label is. I would imagine as as this goes for labels too is just to be release consistent content or consistent music and whatnot and build up our profile and you know keep uh um I don't know just consistently releasing good music and having people buy more into us than the genre that we're releasing as long as it's like you know not too far away from <laughs> the yeah. genre that uh we that that were you know the direction that we, we were originally heading
1: the consistency thing is 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 interesting it, you know it's a um and i'm bad at it um because you know it and that's very much i think a function also of the age in that um you know they say to have a successful blog or a successful podcast or whatever it is you have to do it consistently you have mm-hmm. to uh, put it out at a, on a regular basis same time all the time putting it out putting it out and it out. And, I, and i think that's that's probably also the same for labels and for artists um, mm-hmm. and you know i i you know i sort of maybe it's just because i'm i'm like envious that they can do it but you know i i always kind of look at artists that that chuck tunes out all the time and think, you know what are you doing
0: um well who knows yeah, but- what is happening like you know in their personal life or their job life yeah. you know if they're you know because. Some right, local. that's maybe, right. Maybe, and you know, maybe releasing really good records and whatnot, and spending a lot of time like putting good music out, but then they're in and out yeah. of relationships and you know, living, living with their mom at 48 yeah. years old and whatnot. And who knows, you know,
1: and maybe that's what you have
0: to do to,
1: yeah. to stay relevant and mm-hmm. to consistently, uh, you know, and, and, and therefore attract a following. Um, but if mm-hmm. you're you know if you're not um if you're not putting the, the the you know putting stuff out all the time you you you'll very very quickly sink into the background uh and and i think that um you know that is an that's that i think is just a function of 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 where we are and you know the great equalizer that is the internet and mm-hmm. um you know that's i would say that in terms of sort of just staying on the radar of people, uh, in, in the, in the industry, I do find like having a, a radio show is quite good for that. The, mm. you know, the, uh, for anyone that doesn't know, I, I, I do a, a Friday evening uh, show on deep radio network, which is, um, And you have a show on there too, Tony, uh, which is, um, Grant Nelson's, um, you know, baby. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know that that station. Um, you know, I, I've been doing a show on there for, for five years now, I think. Um, and it, the live audience is, is small. I mean, you know, it, it, it's not like you would you would get on a on a on a radio station or sort of radio show, um, traditional radio show. But I do find that doing it every week and and keeping myself out there that the, the podcast uh, has developed a pretty good you know, several thousand people a- ago. Um, and that's because mm. it's one of the only things that I do outside of my regular job, which is absolutely consistent all the time. Um, mm. You know, I, I don't put out a tune a week, but I do put out a, a kind of half decent radio show. And <laughs>
0: I, I think it's, that it's is more than about, half decent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: 51%. 51 yeah. 51 uh, yeah. 51- <laughs> 51- <laughs> Fifty-one (laughs) point two percent decent. Um, So, so that um, that that is that does sort of keep relevant. I mean, the the interesting thing about that show is that um, it's it's, it achieves for me the complete opposite goal that uh, the the record label achieves for me. So the the record label is uh, is there so that I you know can um discover new artists and it give them exposure and you know try to anyway mm-hmm. you know allow them to kind of sell five copies or whatever <clears throat> the, the 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 radio show is there is purely indulgent for me uh that mm-hmm. is just there to allow me to rinse 1990s early 90s to late 90s yeah. um garage and house music and you know i don't make any apologies for that and and you know that there is there are some that you know there are some folks that will sort of say well you know uh, chica flash just you know just breaks no boundaries. you know i i own that i i'm mm-hmm. not i don't intend to you know i just intend to uh to do what i love doing and um you know and yeah. So, so, so. But the point being, I do it consistently, and mm-hmm. and that's what gets you an audience. And I think that's what uh, what you got to do now.
0: Yeah, for sure. So five years on deep. That's that's awesome. I was just actually talking oh, wow. to John Manley the other day, and we were talking about nine years uh, uh, deep. You just had its its nine year anniversary, and. Yes. Yeah, I think it's going to go strong we're for trying the to think It's, a, it's a really to good community and a really great yeah. station. It's it, it looks nice. It's uh, it's pretty solid and stable. Mm. Yeah, it's, the, it's the only goes. thing.
1: Yeah. Um, it, it it's one of those things where it's you know nobody that's on it. Uh, it you know we're we're all we're all kind of um, flying under the radar. We all have things that we do. We all have our day jobs, and we we, we sort of mm-hmm. do it for. for for a bit of fun but um you know i i believe that it is every bit as good as um you know a, a traditional radio station and it, and it and it has a lot of room to grow we you know we we just don't it, it's just trying you know get getting the audience is tough uh because again mm-hmm. like music there are a million uh digital radio stations out there uh yeah. of varying degrees of quality and um you know who who takes that on it it, it, it it's sort of saturation again um mm-hmm. and uh, but but I do think it has a has a has a loyal um following uh fairly does, substantial yeah. one i think it's a fairly substantial one uh and um you know i love doing it so i'm going to keep doing it
0: <laughs> there you go oh yeah nice okay well, let's see. As we land the plane here, um, yeah. are, are there any upcoming projects that uh, you are excited about in the next uh, couple of months or so that uh, you would like listeners to know about?
1: Well, the next couple of months, my most exciting project is going on vacation. Um, mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I, in, in ter- I don't think that's the answer you're looking for. In, in, terms, of, in terms of music, Um, I'm, um, well, I'm working on a couple of things. Uh, you -hmm. know, I have a hard drive full of tunes that, that are unfinished. Um, I'm working on a couple of bits and pieces. Uh, I'm working on a, a a remix for, uh, Jesse Hernandez goes by 67th and bird, um, out Mm -hmm. of Miami. And, and he's, he's kind of a, you know, a newcomer to the scene. Uh, you know, I've liked, uh, I've liked some of the tunes he's done. I've remixed them a couple of times um put out one or two of his tunes on on bobs uh Mm. so i'm 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 working um on on a tune there i'm doing a collaboration i'm kind of excited about with with consinity uh my Mm. label co-owner um he's um he's been working on a track with a vocalist called vanessa jackson Mm. um and um, we've sort of been talking about whether or not to make that a, a collaboration. And I think we're, we will. Um, and, I, you know, I, I think I want to see the direction that the label goes in. Um, it, sure. It's, it's a, for me, it, you know, that that's something that we have as kind of a, a canvas to do as we want with. Um, Mm -hmm. and that, that, you know, there are very sort of few things in, in life where you can just do whatever you want. And I, and I think that, uh, that, you know, that, that one, uh, you know, Bob's your uncle, I'm excited to see what we can do with it in 2024. Um, and you know, we may completely F it up, but you know, I, I think we want to try some stuff. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> mm. And uh, you know, and 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 see where see where that goes. Uh, hoping to play some more gigs if I can. Um, by the time this airs, I'll have already played a gig. I'm playing a uh, uh, garage house party uh, over in the UK. Uh, nice, just before just before Christmas. Um, so it'll be nice to do that. And I, I haven't played in, in in Britain in you know 25 years. Uh, mm-hmm. so, so it'll be, it'll be nice to do that. And, and, um, you know, hoping to pick up some more, um, some more work here in that respect I mean, there's, there is a fairly, there is a fairly lively, uh, as I said, um, drum and bass scene, um, in, in Florida, mm-hmm. not much garage house. Uh, and I would like to, to try to change that, uh, as I'm sure you would like to do in Minneapolis and, and all of us would like to do wherever we are um you know it's 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 an uphill struggle but Mm -hmm. new year's resolution try to try to uh try to get out there and 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 push that scene a little bit uh when we have the time but you know i'm I'm, you know i'm just looking forward to uh you know with with music um you never get bored with it right so um
0: well, uh, I just I'm looking for on. all kinds of reasons to, to to go to Orlando during the winter, uh, especially <laughs> escape the. <Minnesota laughs> well, you're you're winter, a regular so. <laughs> down here at uh, yeah.
1: our, our, our so, famous attractions.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, let's uh, maybe we could collaborate on a on an event. You know that uh, invite people from <laughs> from Absolutely. I don't know the North American. Garage festival, who knows? That's right. the, well, you know, the... uh,
1: in in Orlando here, we we have the Electric Daisy Carnival, mm, yeah. uh, which is uh, which is a very big, which just just wrapped up recently, which is a very big mm. uh, EDM festival. Mm-hmm. So I I think we're owed at least a, a festival with some decent music, right?
0: Yeah, <laughs> at least a place <laughs> to hang out. And <laughs> hey, listen, for, I will say for yeah.
1: EDM, right? Okay, so I say for EDM not my cup of tea. I can't make it, Mm -hmm. though. I don't have no even the first idea how to do it. Uh, It's it. You know, I it's not we're very we're very um, we scoff at EDM and, and, uh, you know, we we make fun of it. But, you know, an awful lot of people like it. And uh, it's you know, there are a lot of producers that are extremely good at making it. And, um, you know, and and they they have achieved they have achieved what we would love to achieve. Right. That's true. So, um, you know, so well, I think there's,
0: for some people, like EDM might be the entry point to that, you know, the more, that's right. Quote unquote proper stuff that we like, you know, so who knows? That's right. So, yeah.
1: That's right. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think we can, we should probably spend a little less time, uh, you know, um, ribbing, uh, EDM producers and, and fans, uh, and sort of for trying sure. to figure out, uh, trying to figure out how they've managed to achieve what they've achieved. Yeah. don't know.
0: I don't know. Maybe the mafia is involved somehow. Who knows?
1: <laughs> well, that could be, <laughs> although, you know, I, <laughs> I would say as somebody, uh, who was, who was, uh, around in the UK garage days in the nineties, there was, there were plenty of gangsters involved in that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe, that maybe that's why it became popular. Maybe that's the trick. <laughs> maybe that's just what we need. We need to sign up a few. Yeah. We need to sign up yeah. a few gangsters. Let's do it. Okay. New Year's resolution, 2024. That's right. More crime.
0: <laughs> more, yeah, more crime and yeah, more even more drugs on the scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, I, I I can't even you know I I am I'm, I'm, uh, I'm ruined the next day after two glasses of wine. So uh, that, those those yeah. days are pretty much passed pretty much gone for me i would say
0: i can't i can't even imagine because i stopped drinking a while a while back several years ago it was 15 years ago at least and um you know the way that i feel on mondays now like i after like being you know carting the kids around all weekend and like doing activities for the with the family and then just kind of feeling spent on mondays after the weekend sometimes <laughs> not right. even doing not even in you know having any drink or other kinds of um, intake and just yeah, exhausted we can only imagine what my body would do if i was yeah, still yeah partaking that's that's, yeah. that's pretty
1: much getting to getting towards your 50s yeah that's what yeah. that's what it's like <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah yeah okay well this has been a really good conversation uh thanks again for joining me and then um i'll be uh, i'll be sure to link or include your links in the show notes in the description uh, so that people will know appreciate that how to find you or where to where to go um you know if they and yeah, if they want the audience can find f- out more the
1: audience can find out more about <laughs> this fascinating person <laughs>
0: Well, I, I, you know, I, I I really
1: appreciate you having me and, um, you know, I, it's, I, I I think it's, it's important that you're doing this podcast and, uh, it'll, it'll certainly, um, I think over time will help, you know, raise the profile of, you know, what we're trying to do. And, uh, you know, I really appreciate you having me on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks. Thanks for uh, joining me again. And, uh, let's talk to you soon. Take care.
1: Thanks, Tony. Appreciate it.